episode of the A to Z podcast, K is for Killer Kids. Uh, originally, it was going to be Kid Killers, but that got a little bit confusing, as though, you know, people who kill kids and not kids who kill people, so Killer Kids was decided. Anyways, I am your host, Gwyn, and our question of the day is, uh, what is your favorite mythical creature? So I will go first. Honestly, I love all mythical creatures. They're pretty fucking cool. But uh, if I had to go with one, I'd probably pick werewolves, which is kind of gay of me, I know. But I don't know. And I just really like them. I think they're really cool. I was it? I'm sorry, I missed it. Oh, werewolves. Oh, okay. Not like Twilight werewolves. Although I do like the turning into like a full wolf as opposed to like a wolf man kind of werewolf. Uh, you know, becoming a, a wolf and retaining your human mind. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know. I like it. Anyways. Uh, I love werewolves. Um, Who are you? What's your name? Oh, sorry. I'm Evelyn. Uh, I love werewolves. Uh, my my brother and my, my nana are super into, like, monster movies. So, like, they were super into werewolves was a big one. So, uh, I fucking love werewolves. But my favorite myth- mythological creature would probably be, oh god, Cilia? Cilia? Oh, Scylla? Yes, okay, I never knew how to say it. Um, that one always just comes straight to mind whenever someone brings up mythical creatures. And I think it's just because the different renditions of them are, like, enormous. And, like, just gaping mouths coming out of the ocean. And it's fucking terrible. Or terrifying, not terrible. It is terrible. And I just, I just looked up. Um, just to make sure I got the pronunciation right, even though I got it completely wrong. I mean, it's not um, at all. But, uh, oh, apparently, like, the mythology is that, uh, it was once a water nymph mm-hmm. who then became this, like, monstrosity, which sounds dope as hell. And it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's kind of like a whirlpool. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. It, like, sucks you in. Yeah, so. Have you, have you read, uh, Cersei by Marilyn Miller? No, I've read The Odyssey. Um, which is where Skilla and Charbitus, however you pronounce it, it's between a rock and a hard place, basically. So you either go between, you can go closer to Skilla and get sucked in, or you can go closer to Charbitus, and they are on a rock, and they attack and grab uh, sailors off of Odysseus' ship. So that's, it's, it's, you can say... Oh, it's between Skilla and Charvitus, like, uh, it's between a rock and a hard place. It's the same meaning, which is interesting. But yeah. We have a new, a new guest on the podcast today, and their name is... John Cena! Welcome John, John Cena! John Cena! To the show! Bam, 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 bam. 
actually, much to all of our disappointment. Um, <laughs> just, I'm Morgan. Morgan! Um, my favorite mythical creature is sirens, actually. Oh, that's sexy. Oh, that's, that's a good they're one. they're hot and they kill men. Yes. That's fair. Medusa, hot, kills oh, men. Oh, yes. Medusa would have been a great answer as well. Skilla, hot, kills men. Whirlpool? Yeah. It's gonna be sexy. It's like a. Sexy I was like, it's a <laughs> hole in the ocean. There's a hole in the bottom of the sea. Anyway, so yeah, sirens are pretty fucking cool because they're hot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's literally the whole thing is that they're hot, they have beautiful singing voices, and then are the end of them. Much like that. Awesome. Okay, so here we go. Killer kids. So this is. People under the age of 18 who have committed murder of some kind. Sometimes it's other children, sometimes it's adults. Uh, so, yeah, we'll just go into the first one. So, this is the story of the murder of Jeffrey Hall. So, Jeffrey Hall was uh, born the son of Joanne Patterson, and he eventually married Letitia Neal and had two children with her. Those two children were Joseph and Shirley. Joseph was born on June 19th, 2000. Um, they divorced sometime after... Uh, Wait, he was born in 2000? Yeah. I don't like this already. Yeah, he's young. He's in young. my mind, it was going to be like older killer kid cases. No. So they right. would be... Wow. Yeah, Some of them are older, <laughs> yes. But this one is... Yeah. With every episode, I always make a bunch of assumptions that turn out to be wrong, so I'm always completely shocked, no matter what Brin says. I'm just like, oh shit, every time. So, um, after they got divorced, Letitia ended up having twins with another father, but in 2003, the twins were hospitalized for failing to thrive, which basically means that they were too skinny, they weren't getting enough food, they weren't growing. Wait, both kids? The twins. Uh, twins. So, the so they had yeah. So uh, yeah. Shirley and Joseph were, were Jeffrey's right. kids, and then she they got divorced, and Letitia had twins with another person. I see. I see. And so they were hospitalized and uh, removed from the home uh, because of CPS. The social workers said that there was no electricity or gas in the home, and there were maggots on the dishes, and that the children were dirty, malnourished, and covered in bruises. Uh, Letitia was on probation for a DUI at the time, and uh, as a result, oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't Letitia, Jeffrey. Jeffrey was uh, on probation for driving under the influence, and so his two children, Letitia, uh, Letitia's the wife. Joseph and Shirley uh-huh. were placed with their grandmother, and then in 2004 he was off of probation and stuff, and he got custody of the kids again. Okay, so I know Joseph was born in 2000, mm-hmm. but when was Shirley born? It does not say. Okay, because right. Joseph is the one who commits the murder. Okay, so Shirley so is just the younger sister. Um, uh, is a sibling. I think they're close. Okay, in age. I don't okay, know okay. who is older. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> After divorcing Letitia, Jeffrey married a woman named Krista McCary, and they have three more daughters. At the time of his death, he had five children with three daughters, and then Shirley and Joseph. Um, his former wife, Letitia, eventually moved to California, remarried, um, and she was 
attempting to regain custody of Joseph at the time of Jeffrey's death. According to the grandmother that they lived with for a little bit of time, Joseph was volatile and violent. Uh, I mean, hearing about the kind of environment he grew up in, that it's not all of the, you know, surprising. surprising that he acted out in certain ways because he did not have a healthy home environment. He was expelled for attacking students and staffs uh, from multiple schools, and he once nearly choked a teacher with a phone cord. Oh my God. Very violent. Yeah. He had no under uh, understanding of cause and effect, so he didn't realize that what he had, the things he did, would have a bad or a good influence on him and the people around him. Uh, it's thought that he probably had ADHD, and he had a lower than average intelligence. I hate these things. I know I say it like every time, but these people just were not set up for success. Nope. And so, like, they did horrible things. I'm assuming I don't know what he did. But they did horrible things, and it's not not their fault. It's just that I feel like they just never had a chance. Especially when you're this. a child, when you're a literal child, and people are supposed to be looking out for you. I can't. Where does this take place? Uh, this takes place in in uh, California. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeffrey. 32, year old, 32 years old, for three years, he was having a hard time finding work. You know, uh, say lots of people have a hard time finding work. Specifically in the construction industry, there was an economic downturn at the time. And he thought that Jewish people and non-white people were responsible for it. And so he became a leader in the local neo-Nazi movement. Because, you know, that's exactly... Exactly what you do, right? He gets targeted, right? Yes, he does. Okay, good for the kid. Never mind. I changed my mind. Oh, he does horrible things, right? I shouldn't say that yet. I mean, premature, <laughs> premature. But so far, good for you, Joseph. So, in October 2009, Jeffrey, um, he led a group from the National Socialist Movement, which is a Nazi movement. I hate when fucking Nazis are, or people or right-wingers are like, oh, well, socialists are Nazis because it was the National Socialist Movement. Oh, my God. Nazis were socialists. Open a textbook, you stupid motherfucker, and uh, you can't even have conversations. Nazis are fascists, plain and simple. That's what it is. Anyways, um, this rally was held near a day laborer site. Um, So, you know, it's where uh, people who need to get a job from day to day will go. A lot of the time they can be immigrants. Um, A lot of the time they are not white. So they did this, and they were dressed in World War II era Nazi garb. Um, at a, in a subtle, yeah. In a November 2009 interview about the rallies, he said, "They're proud of who they are. Tired of white guilt being shoved on their kids and multiculturalism. They can't see any reason for it." The eye roll, dude. I mean, this is this is 10 years ago, and this is the exact same fucking talking points that they've had. The it's fucking well. Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 so, Bill. Same shit. Same shit down here. In 2010, he ran for election against the incumbent uh, as a white supremacist. So, he was openly a white supremacist. <laughs> well, not in this country. Oh, that's fair. That's, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't be so open about it. Now. Uh, he received a third of the vote. How is that I mean, it is surprising, don't get me wrong, but it's just like... It is, it's like, man, oh, people be doing shit like that. I, 
Don't want to blame the old people, but I'm blaming the old people. Yeah. In 2011, he and a group of two dozen other white nationalists uh, took to the streets in Claremont, L.A. Um, do you know where that is? I don't. Claremont, Los Angeles counties. It's sometimes called the City of Trees and PhDs, so it's a pretty affluent neighborhood. Um, they had a screaming confrontation with counter-protesters of more than 200 immigrants' rights activists. Uh, so it was two dozen white supremacists against 200 immigrant rights activists. And Jeffrey said, we patrol the borders. We see the devastation. We see the drugs. We know the reality. Whatever, dude. Fucking, oh, gross. I hate him. Anyways. Um, let's get to murdering him. Let's get to murdering him. <laughs> yeah. So just 12 hours before Jeffrey died, a reporter for the New York Times was in his home. And they interviewed Joseph. He showed off a leather belt bearing a silver insignia of the Nazi SS that his father had given him. My God. Jeffrey would brag that he taught Joseph to use night vision equipment. Oh my gosh, he was a mini Nazi too, wasn't he? Uh, I mean, yeah, but at 10, it's... That's fair. It's no, no, I just when he got older, I thought it was going to No, I mean, he kills him at 10. Oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. Yeah, so... Well, yeah, if I didn't get a little older, no. damn. I was like, and, Okay, sorry, keep going. I'm, 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 yeah. yeah. Eventually, the 10-year-old told police that he took a .357 revolver from a shelf on the closet, pulled the hammer back, aimed the gun at his father's ear while he was asleep on the couch, and shot him. Uh, he told the police that the day before the shooting, his father had threatened to remove all of the smoke detectors and burn the house down while the family slept inside. He said that he was tired of his dad hitting him and his stepmother and his own mother. Uh, his 26-year-old stepmother said that uh, Jeff was violent with her and her son and sometimes lost control and kicked him in the back. Oh my god. He punished his children in a lot of extreme ways on a daily basis. The house was filthy, the floor was littered with clothes, there was urine smell everywhere, and there was a shit ton of weapons available for the kids to just reach at any time. And Jeff, or I'm sorry, Joseph was one of the older children, so there was even younger children in the house at the time. Um, Ten, he's fucking ten. Yeah. So he was arrested, taken to juvenile hall, and then the other four kids were placed in protective custody. Um, the stepmother, Krista, was arrested and charged with criminal storage of firearms and child neglect. And uh, the mother of Jeffrey was given temporary custody of the other four children. Uh, on a 60 Minutes interview, she said that Joseph had been misbehaving by starting fires, and she was not surprised that she killed his father, but she had expected that it would not happen until he got older. So, yeah. like Evelyn. She was surprised it happened that year. Yeah. Jesus. Joseph I mean, said... Yeah, I'm sorry. He saw an episode of Criminal Minds <laughs> where the kid shot his abusive father and didn't face any consequences for it. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit. He also oh. believed that his father would recover from being shot and that the two of them could reconcile. Which is just uh, very sad. That is very sad. Wow. See, that oh, again, he doesn't know cause time? and effect. Um, so, he could not have been incarcerated past the age of 25. 
Uh, his attorneys first tried to seek a defense of not guilty by reason of insanity. Um, I don't even know if you could consider that insanity. It's just... I mean, I guess, technically, it's just really... There's so much in that situation. It's just right. so fucked up. Um, there's plenty of reason to shoot him. <laughs> yeah, so he was sentenced yeah, to juvenile detention kid, until he reached the age of 23. He was eligible for, per, for parole at the age of 20. So in 2020, he was uh, eligible for parole. Um, uh, yeah. He's 21 years old. Yeah, so it, there's no information as if he's out right now or not, um, but he has appealed to the conviction and the sentence. So Okay, but, yes. like, honestly, that's the justice system at work for you. Like, we send this 10-year-old away. What kind of rehabilitation has he actually received and now? True. Like, what the... Ah! Yeah. This, no. He shot his abuser, not that that's in the law justified, <laughs> but, like... Is that not considered? Is that like he didn't go to fucking jail, but still, like juvenile detention is no walk in the park for a child. Either. I think and it's, it's not like because it, he did it while his father was sleeping, and it right. wasn't like in the middle of him being beat or something. Which yeah, was but just so fucking so, stupid. He's a and child. Like, <laughs> he was abused over long. Yeah, exactly. Of just, course. Ah. And his dad literally was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna burn the fucking house down yeah. with all of you." And he's like, "And he's a neo-Nazi." Yeah, cool. Me and all my siblings and my mother and everyone I love are gonna die. Yeah, I'm just gonna not worry about that. And he's ten! Fucking ten! Oh, poor baby. Uh, so, the next person is Christopher Pittman, who was born April 9th, 1989, so this one's a little oh. less recent. Um, well, he was convicted <laughs> in 2000, um, he was convicted in 2005 of murdering his grandparents, Joe and Joy Pittman. Uh, on November 28, 2001, when he was 12. Um, he was sentenced to 30 years to life in prison. When he was 12? Yeah. Okay, let's hear the keys. Not that I ever think. Anyway. Yeah. We, we don't have to get into that. <laughs> we have, yeah. So when he was 12, he had run away from home twice, threatened suicide, picked up by police, and he was eventually confined to a facility for troubled runaway children. And he was confined there for six days. While he was there, he was put on a medication called Paxil for mild depression. And his father decided to send him away uh, to live with his grandparents in Chester, South Carolina. He lived in Oxford, Florida. His parental grandparents had been a source of stability for him for years when his mother had run out on him twice. And his father was apparently abusive to him as well. His doctor gave him samples of Zoloft instead of Paxil because they didn't have any Paxil to give him. Um, both drugs are SSRIs, which means Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitors. Uh, they have similar modes of selective action but you're not supposed to abruptly substitute one for the other because they don't do the exact same thing right. and they can have adverse effects on you. True. They, they take a build-up to even start working. You have to take them for so long before there's any effects. So just switch them just like that. Yeah. Almost immediately, he began to experience negative side effects. His sister described it as manic. He had a lot of manic episodes. 
he experienced a burning sensation all over his body and it required pain medication for it. He complained about the side effects and at a subsequent doctor's visit, his dosage was increased from 25 milligrams to 50 milligrams. Um, Zoloft has a lot of side effects in children, including aggravated depression, abnormal dreams, paranoid reactions, hallucinations, aggressive behavior, and delusions. Um, Risks of overdose include potential manic reactions. So, Christopher had gotten in an argument on the school bus with a fellow student and ended up choking them. He also later disturbed the person playing piano at his church, and on the night of November 28, 2001, he had received a paddle spanking from his grandfather. So, he went to his grandparents' bedroom and murdered them with their own shotgun, which he'd been taught to use. Because, what was the inciting incident? Um, he beat him with a paddle? Yeah. The grandpa beat him with a paddle? Yeah. Valid. He'd spank I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. But After the murder, <laughs> that's glory. That's glory yeah. as hell. Yeah. After he did that, he set the house on fire and took the grandparents' car, their guns, his dogs, and thirty-three dollars and left. He eventually got picked up because uh, he got stuck two counties away. He didn't confess at first. At first he said there was a large black male who had kidnapped him after murdering his grandparents and setting his house on fire. But he eventually confessed and then proclaimed that his grandparents deserved what they got. Wow. Where did this take place? Uh, South Carolina. His father testified that the incident occurred only two days after his Zoloft dosage had been doubled. He was tried as an adult at Why? 12 years old. Well, he was thir- he was 15 when he was tried, but um, he ended up being tried as an adult. Did yeah. agents say why? No, the f- because they wanted to. I was gonna say like, <sighs> doesn't yeah no it doesn't make any sense but yeah. 12? 12. Uh, like obviously we don't know the details but like did they fucking consider? The medication, like yeah, yeah. I, I just don't understand. Not to be like pled for insanity because right. it's literally overdosing a child. I, I just don't SSRI. know what you can present to a jury that would be like this twelve-year-old's fate is decided right now in this courtroom for the rest of the life based on something they did when they were fucking twelve years old. Not that twelve years old, twelve-year-olds aren't com- like capable of like knowing what they're doing. Like I'm sure they could. It's just, ugh, it's just like in these situations, they're so specific, and yeah. it's just like, okay, you have to cater to this very specific situation, and that's not how the justice system works. No, it is not. Um, so, they did talk about the impact of Zoloft on his mental state, they okay. talked about his age and his mental capacity, they were stuck between whether it was murder, whether it was some form of manslaughter, they didn't really know how to charge it. But the prosecution focused on proving that Christopher did know the difference between right and wrong. He knew what he was doing was wrong. And what he did afterwards was that he, he knew that he'd done something wrong and tried to cover it up. Right. So that means that he should be tried as an adult, apparently. He ended up being convicted of murder on February 15, 2005, three years after the events had happened, and was sentenced to 30 years in prison. At um, 12, or at 15, I guess, but still. Yeah. 
So that's more than double the life he had lived yeah. at the time, which is fucking crazy. Um, apparently, there was some controversy about the verdict, obviously, because what the fuck is fucking crazy. But two of the jurors said they felt coerced into their decision. Oh, shit. And another juror openly discussed the trial with his wife and a bartender during their deliberations. Oh, shit. Um, there was... Bro! (laughs) I was just fucking thinking the other day how sus it is. I'm just like, fucking... 12 random people. Yeah. No, if you summon me for jury duty, you're gonna let me this no, I'm incompetent, baby, not me. Yeah. But yeah. then there's fucking assholes that will go there and have like, you know. A fucking superiority complex that's yeah. just like it's all hidden just, in yeah. the people encourage people who don't believe in the sanctity of the justice system as opposed to go to jury duty and to make yeah, sure right. I'm, I'm talking shit for this fucking desk in our home just ranting but still it just it, it's fucked up it seems fucked up mm-hmm. yeah so I can't. The whole thing. there was Every a bunch case. of appeals there was a petition to pardon him um and the justices it was at the, the South Carolina Supreme Court um they were asked to hold off on moving him to a dope penitentiary but he was eventually denied that and so he was moved to an adult penitentiary in 2007 I believe and so he would have been what like 16 16 year old in a prison with a bunch of adults that's not not good um and there was actually a 48 hour uh, 48 hours episode about him um and in 2008 the United States Supreme Court refused to hear an appeal that this was cruel and unusual punishment because of such a lengthy sentence. Uh, but yeah. In 2010, he entered into a plea bargain and he pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter and ended up receiving a 25 year sentence instead of the 32 life sentence that he had before. <coughs> His projected release date is February 22nd, 2023. So, so that's pretty close, yeah. How old is he? He was born in 1989. So he'd be... Yeah, I know. Uh, 34? 35, 35. Something like that. Something like that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this! Either way, the fact that he spent all of his adulthood and the late adolescence... Most of his life. ...in prison. Like, I wonder how his, like, you want him to function. Yeah. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's not like prisons give a fuck what's going to happen when you leave. No. I mean, maybe it's a little better for kids, but a little. I won't even give it that, you know, like, barely yeah. that much. This one's kind of short. Um, it's about the murder of, this is a Norwegian name. I'm try. very sorry. Suji Marie Redergaard. Mm. Yes, I mean, Silhi, maybe? Yeah, Suhi, Suji. Anyways. She was born uh, June 26, 1989, and was murdered uh, October 15, 1994. Oh, no. So she was uh, a five. Yeah. The two boys that killed her oh, were God. five and six. Holy shit. 
They beat her, kicked her, stoned her, and stripped her naked before leaving her in the snow to die of hypothermia. Uh, five and six. So. I need details. That, that's it. That's not all of it. That's all that was in the Wikipedia article. Right on Sue you? Sue you. Sue you, Marie Ritterker. That was all the information. Well, there's, there's some more. Okay. Uh, they were uh, directed to undergo psychological evaluation because Norwegian law does not allow punishment of minors under the age of 15. Their names were not publicly released because, again, they were five and six. Um, but uh, they, the television channel TV3 suspended the airing of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because there was a debate as to whether or not this fictionalized violence uh, aimed at children was good for them. Uh, because yes, the fucking mighty Morphin Power Rangers make five and six year olds murder little girls. Yes. Um, at the time, the Prime Minister of Norway said that Norwegians should think twice before allowing such free market violence to be broadcast by commercial networks. Yeah. This one uh, is pretty pretty sad too. Um, I'm ready. So this one happened in 2019. So it's really recent. Oh, oh shit! 2019. <laughs> yeah. I don't like how it gets closer. <laughs> yeah, it's like creepy. Well, out. actually, the last one is. Next thing you know, I'm probably murdering us. Oh, good. Oh, dope. Dope. Oh yeah. Good way to end. <laughs> so on April 6, 2019, nine-year-old Kyle Alwood killed his five family members after starting oh, a fire. Shit. He started a fire in his mobile home in Goodfield, Illinois. He was charged uh, with their deaths on October 8th. Again, nine years old. Was it intentional? Um, I mean, as intentional as it could be at nine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, it, it doesn't say. But around 11 p.m. on April 6th, a fire was reported in the central area of Peoria, near the village of Goodville, Illinois. Firefighters came a few minutes after the call, and five bodies, including three children, all under the age of three, and oh. Catherine Murray, age 69, and Jason Wall, age 34, were all found dead from smoke inhalation. Kyle and his mother, Katrina Allwood, aged 27, ended up surviving the fire. He was taken into custody and charged with murder six months after the incident. Um, he was charged with five counts of murder, two counts of arson, and one count of aggravated arson. He could face five years of probation if convicted. Which... I, I'm not sure how this one is that much... Why... I don't know. It just feels like this This is just such a different reaction. Five years of probation is what right. he could yeah. end up happening, but then... 30 years. 30 years or even... Yeah, it's just... It's so weird to me. That it's just... The inconsistencies. <laughs> yes, exactly. This, everything is just so fucking inconsistent. Like, even though you do have to look at each case, like, individually, to, but, like, that... Ver yeah. Yeah, no, it just... Uh, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of... America. Anyways. This is uh, James R. Seen. 
who was born circa 1862. Uh, he was the youngest person sentenced to death who was subsequently executed for the crime. So James was a Cherokee and he ended up being hanged by the government of the United States in Fort Smith, Arkansas for his role in a robbery and murder committed 13 years earlier when he was 10 years old. Wow. So I feel like his race had a lot to do with that one. Uh, but yeah. So our scene and a Cherokee man named William Parchmeal noticed a man named William Fagel, who was a Swedish national, making a purchase at a store. They followed him when he left the store and he was headed for Fort Gibson. Uh, which I'm assuming is also in Arkansas, maybe not, I'm not sure, anyways. Um, they caught up to him about two miles outside of the, the fort, and they were going to rob him. They shot him six times and then crushed his skull with a rock. Whoa. Then they um, took his boots and the money he had on him, which was only 25 cents, which amounts to $5.40 today. You imagine killing someone for money and then they only have five dollars on them. There's a Swedish guy. Yeah. Huh. Uh, he was arrested and tried, but he ended up escaping and eluded capture until he was apprehended and executed at the age of 23. So if he had not escaped, he would have been executed at the age of 10. Oh, go America. God fucking damn. Jesus. Bitch. Oh, anyways. The justice never ends, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yes. We're strapped in for life. He and Parchmeal were eventually caught and they were brought to justice, quote unquote, by Deputy Marshal Andrews. And the, the case had been cold for 10 years, so he managed to do it. And a hanging judge which means someone who likes to go for the harshest punishments for any crime. Oh my god. Uh, was the I person who presided over it. Take pride in that. They're yeah. like, yes, I'm a super tough I judge. Know. I want to kill Be an asshole. People yeah. to death. Harshly give zero compassion to the public. Oh. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Obviously, this is <laughs> so much injustice in this episode. Like, obviously, like, they shot him six times, they crushed his skull with a rock. That's fucking horrible. But this child, this man was 10. He was a child. Fucking parched meal sounds like he was probably responsible for most of it. Or even if he had the kid do it, he was 10. Yeah. 10! Yeah. My niece is 11. I can't imagine. Just, oh, the, the thought is just so horrifying to me. Yeah. The executions were held at Fort Smith and the hanging judge, Isaac Parker, presided over them. Um, it's difficult to verify his exact age because, um, you know, he was Native American. There aren't a lot of records for Native Americans in quote-unquote Indian territory from the 1870s and the 1880s. Um, but it is known that he was a child in 1872 when the crime was committed. Um, but he did not revise the statement, and when it became clear that the status wouldn't help him in his sentencing, it didn't matter that he was 10 fucking years old when this happened. It just, oh, anyways. Um, his case is frequently brought up when they discuss uh, death penalty for children, 
Um, because the fact that that's even a sentence, the death penalty for children, in the United States of America, a place that's supposed to be a safe haven for everyone, no matter where you are, no matter who, like, what you look like, no matter what fucking age you are, apparently, um, but he is also brought up when they de uh, discuss unfair treatment that Native Americans have received from the United States government. But if you're going to talk about unfair treatment that Native Americans have experienced from the United States government, there are so many things that the list is, uh, just, it is impossible to, just, to, to be able to say all of the things that the United States government has done to Native Americans. Yeah. So... This was kind of a shorter episode. I didn't expect it to go by that fast since I talked about so many of them, but it happens, I guess. Yeah, so, we have our long episodes. Yeah, we short episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, this is there's gonna be this episode coming out, and then we'll do another scary story. Oh, yeah, so we're gonna release that scary one at the same time as this one, and we're also gonna do the light. The next episode is Ellis for Lighthouses, so we'll be doing Lighthouses, and all of these will be released on the same day. Because I didn't release one this past week right. because we've been moving. Yes. So yeah, we will get back on track. I promise. Yes. So yeah, um, yeah. Turn, tune in next week. Ellis for lighthouses. A little bit, you know, less. I mean, it's gonna be kind of sad because you it's know mostly death. Creepy, it's mostly creepy. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of ghosts in the next one, I'm which excited. is good because yeah. we mostly do true crime, which is fun and creepy. But I love paranormal. I was just shit. talking about this um, when listens to a lot of like um, true crime podcasts that sometimes we'll bring in, like we're about to talk about ghosts and stuff like that, uh -huh. like eyewitnesses seeing stuff like that. And I was telling her how I wish that I would experience something like that because whenever someone talks about it in their podcast, I'm like, I don't fucking believe that person, <laughs> which is just like naturally because they're talking about something I've never experienced. Yeah. So I was just like, oh god, I like present yourself to me, but at the same time. Please no. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'd rather remain in ignorant bliss. You know, sure. it's it's tough. Yeah. 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 Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Um, again, sorry this one's so short, but we'll make it up to y'all next time. So have a great life. We love you. <laughs> great life. <laughs> Kisses forever. If you enjoyed this episode, you can follow us on Twitter at AZ underscore podcast, or you can visit our Facebook page, A to Z podcast, or you can email us at azpodcasting at gmail.com. Also, we're available on a lot more platforms now. Visit our anchor page to see just where you can listen to us. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope y'all have a great day. Thank you.